Okay, hello everybody. This is Coach Mike, and you're listening to the COM Swim Team Podcast. If that voice across from me sounds strange, like you've never heard it before, that's because I'm sitting across from Tucker Dupree. He's a four-time Olympic medalist. He's been to three Paralympics and a two-time world champion. Tucker, welcome to Midland. Thanks for having me. It's been a great time just being down here and seeing a the digs and all the different competition pools and stuff you guys have here. It's an amazing facility and great hospitality. So thanks for having me. Thanks, man. We, uh, I mean, we try to show you a good time. I know it's not a uh, Chicago, but, uh, we, we really like there. It. So being down here is, uh, actually kind of nice. nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Tucker, for, for those of those of our parents and athletes that weren't at the banquet, um, let's just start with who you are and your story and, how you ended up here? Yeah, so uh, for me, I'm a southern boy at heart. Um, I'm originally from North Carolina, so uh, got a little southern in my blood, but uh, moved all over, lived all over, and uh, gotten to really chase the sport of swimming all over the world, all over the nation. And um, for me, it wasn't um, a normal path for swimming. I actually lost uh, 70% of my vision my senior year of high school, um, so around that age group where you have the world by the tail and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do and um, it all happened in October of 2006, but uh, it was actually something that was a blessing in disguise in the aspect that I had the opportunity to take a disability and turn it into a platform and a business and become a professional athlete and represent our country. So for me, I got the great surreal opportunity to wear the Team USA uniform for 10 years, and it wouldn't have happened without a disability, and a lot of people think of that as a negative thing whenever yeah. it happens to them. So. I got to take that and elevate it and uh, make it something that I was very passionate about. So it was, it's been a journey and also it helped me have the opportunity to come down here and talk to you guys and see what you guys do, but also show you, Hey, shake it up, step outside of what you're comfortable with and uh, achieve your extraordinary. So that's a two minute elevator of uh, my story, if you will. That was great. I loved it. <laughs> um, okay. So Paralympics, let, let's just, let's just start there. How old were you at your first one? And what what was it like competing at that level? If you want to take us a run by each each of the three. Yeah, so uh, I was young. I was nineteen um, in my first game. So when I was in Beijing, I was in the water cube. And were um, you were you con- were you pro then, or you didn't go pro until? I, I went pro until yeah in that year. So two thousand okay. right after the games. And yeah. So I signed an endorsement, and that you know takes away your eligibility to swim in college. Yeah. Doesn't mean you can't swim at a college, but uh, it meant that I couldn't swim. Um, and be on scholarship anymore. So um, for me, I was pretty young. I um, I went from swimming swim meets where my mom and dad were in the stands to um, really going on and having the opportunity to basically swim in the Super Bowl. So yeah. um, at, at 19, you're in the water cube where Michael Phelps had just won eight gold medals two weeks later, and um, it chewed me up and spit me out. Um, I didn't really understand the ritual and what I needed to really go and figure out how to be comfortable and, you know, shake the nerves and all of that. So Beijing was a good stepping stone. It really got my feet wet. And um, after that, I got to swim world championships and Pan Pacifics and all of that um, in between. Uh, But then going into London, I was projected to be the top male medalist. And um, it was a lot of pressure as well um, on the aspect now where they're like, okay, you've been on the world stage, you've been winning medals all over. So you're going to be the, you know, the poster child. And Mm -hmm. I had this opportunity where I was like, okay, I swam my first event, I got fourth. I swam my second event, I got fifth, and it was literally like deja vu of Beijing all of over Beijing, again. Yeah. And so I had a coach pull me aside, and she was like, Tucker, it's just a swim meet. And I was like, yeah, but it's a big swim meet. And it's, <laughs> she was like, no, it's just 50 meters. Like, 
you just got to go down and back in this hundred free and put your wall on the hand, you know, your hand on the wall as fast as possible. So, um, after that chitty chat, um, I had this opportunity where I swam the hundred free and I won my first Paralympic medal, which was a bronze medal in the hundred free. And it really kind of felt good to kind of break through that glass ceiling. Yeah, I was say, you broke through. Yeah. It, it, after that, I was like, okay, I need to have fun. And I think that that's what this sport is all about. And a lot of people forget that because it's such a grind and it's, it's brutal. You know, you, you, you beat yourself up every day and it's very repetitious of repetitious pain. And I think that um, it's really hard to step aside sometimes and be like, why am I doing this? You know, and I think that when you're at high level meets, it's, it's something too to, you know, have to sit there and say like, what am I doing this for? It's, is it for a scholarship? Is it because my parents want me to be here? Or is it because I want to be here? And I think that that's what I learned in London was I'm doing this for me and for all the people that have helped me get here. And it's about that community. It's about all the people that have made me successful. And when I stay on the podium, like, yeah, I'm, I'm physically there alone, but it's the community behind me that got me there. And uh, I was able to walk away from 2012 with three medals. I won a silver medal in the 100 back and two bronze medals and 50 freestyle and 100 freestyle. And um, like I said, it was, it was a defining moment for me to really say, okay, this is why I do the sport. And yeah. I was crazy and signed up for four more years and uh, I got to swim in Rio and um, that was a, a really cool experience because it was more, I was a veteran on the team. Um, I've, I've been there, I got to dance the dance and mm-hmm. um, I knew what to expect and I was very fortunate to walk away with a bronze medal in the 100 backstroke. So I think that they all had different points in my career and I, I think that it was really great to have that opportunity but also to you know, take a sport to the highest level possible and have this opportunity to say, Hey, you know, yeah, I have a disability, but I get to compete, you know, and represent our country and win medals for our country. It's, it's a very fun career, but now I'm at an opportunity to like give back and really, you know, show a lot of the knowledge that I learned and, you know, people I've been around. What was, uh, so when you were 19 at your first Olympics, what's a, what's a story from a 19 year old at, at Olympics? Uh, for me, I remember so two two of my favorite takeaways from that games was was probably opening ceremonies. Um, mm. You get to put on you know this very fancy Ralph Lauren suit mm-hmm. and walk into the bird's nest and you know it's a hundred thousand people cheering for USA and I think that that moment is just very there's no value to really put to that moment. It's not like oh it was great. I mean that that word doesn't even do it justice. It was literally the fact that you're part of the largest delegation of, you know, 200 of the best disabled athletes in the world. And, um, that moment really was exciting. And then I would say the hundred butterfly, um, I had told myself I was going to breathe two up one down. That was kind of the idea behind it. And, um, I, I just said, you know, all right. And coming back, the crowd was just so electric. It's like, I breathe in every stroke. I mean, I, thought <laughs> that was, I mean, it's, you know, it's the sound barrier of water, you know, you can't hear underwater, but then when you come up and it's just like, ah, you know, yeah. that's, it's electric. And I think that was my biggest thing. I was like, you know, I don't, I don't even care right now. I just want to enjoy it. So, um, those two stories, it was, like I said, it was really learning that, you know, when you sit in a call room for 45 minutes before you race, it's not like you get to go jump in the warm up pool and then step up on the box. It's, yeah, it's a mind game, you know, and you're sitting next to competitors that dictate a medal as well. So, I mean, it's, it's something that as 19 years old, it's no more like it's not that opportunity where you're like can be giggly and like, hey, I'm going to talk to all my competitors because they're my friends. Yeah, it's, behind the blocks and stuff. You know, this is the, the my competitors. It's their living, right? Like they win medals to pay their bills. And I didn't understand that yet. And I think that that was the other thing is everywhere else in the country that when you're at that level, it's like it's their life. You know, mm-hmm. and it's I was a small club swimmer from from Raleigh, North Carolina, you know, swimming in Beijing with my parents, you know, cheering for everything. So I think that. It was it was a learning that was that was yeah. what Beijing was for me. It was learning learning the uh, the process. 
Um, so that what did you call it? It's not the ready room. It's the staging the call room? room. Yeah, I mean it's called the call room. The, call room. That's really what it's called. There's like just rows of chairs, and there's numbers on the chairs that you know correlate to the lane you're the lanes in and, and stuff. They basically it's, it's live TV, so it's on a schedule. You know, the mm-hmm. fifty freestyles was to go off at ten forty seven, and it's to the to the minute. That's happening. Yeah. So I think the thing for me is I, I really learned like a lot about just what to do and how the how the meet was going to go and all that. But you're in the call room for forty five minutes prior. That's a long time. To the race. Yeah, and a lot of people don't understand that. You know, Michael Phelps did that too. You know, it's not just us. That's yeah. That's the games, and you need to train that. You need to get ready for that and understand the controllable piece of that. You know, your mind, your headspace is all of it. So, yeah, the mental w- side of everything is important. Did you have so like say by your third by your third games? Did you have like your own ritual set for when you when you walked into that room instead yeah. of the first time? I'm assuming it was like. I just sit here yeah. and shake a little bit. Yeah, um, I think the the last time the difference too is like you swim a lot of high level meets in between, right? So you really find you know on the off years like two thousand nine, two thousand eleven, all of those years like prior to games, you you kind of learn the free throw. That's what I tell a lot of people. It's like when you start to find a habit or a ritual that works for you, um, it's very similar to like an NBA basketball player taking a free throw shot, right? They have this this moment where they bounce the ball twice then they like put it up to like look and see and then they bounce it again and shoot it like that's their free throw yeah and that's what helps them become successful because it's comfortable um and i think that this this sport is very it's tough because everyone's always trying to tell you to change things mm-hmm. um and i think having that identity of what you want to be and who you want to be um through the sport on and off the pool deck is important so when you find something that works for you, whether it's music or whether it's being quiet or, you know, being conversational with people, like stay true to that. I think that's something yeah. that's really important about this sport is, you know, your identity is important because it's, you're around a lot of people and it's easy to see someone do something and they're good at it. So you're like, Oh, I want to be like that. And, it's, and I want to do that. Yeah. If I, I mean, do what they do. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times like, and, and don't get me wrong. Like those moment learning moments are okay. But I think that, you know, making it your own is what's important because yeah. At the end of the day, like, you know, I, I remember watching some great athletes and what they did. And I'm like, yeah, but my body type is not theirs. I don't eat the same food that they eat. I don't, you know, sleep the same amount of time. So trying to equate that to a tangible analytic, it's just it's kind of silly. You know, I think yeah. the thing for me is like, well, that's what they did. Like, well, maybe I can tweak it a little bit and be, you know, me. And make it be, work make for it you. Tucker. I think that's important is, you know, I, I think that that's what the sport is really can get lost in the sauce, if you will, about that. It's like you see the good kids doing stuff. So that next tier level of kid just like sits there like, oh, well, I can do that, too. You know, because, you know, yeah. Andy does that. Well, Andy's a different person. So mm-hmm. I think that having the ability to really compartmentalize your own space um, is and this, what's this, it's, it's important. And the same goes for like good and bad. Like mm-hmm. if there was somebody on the team that you respected, I don't know if this happened, but it they're doing something and you're like, I don't think that's right. Yeah. But and at that point you have the decision, hey, am I gonna follow them just because I like them and respect them? Mm-hmm. Or are you gonna stay true to Tucker, like yeah. you said? I mean, and on the national team for us we have like a, a five minute rule. So I can't tell you how many times I've, you know, been at Worlds and gotten second or, you know, been at Pampax and, you know, just got destroyed and and the thing for me is we have this rule where you, you get five five to ten minutes to do your thing. And that's if you need to be mad, angry, cry, whatever that is. You walk away from the team. You have your moment. And then you have to come back to the team because that's you're awesome. Team USA. And I think that that's something that, 
can be tough because we put a lot of emotion and you know pride and you know just everything behind the sport and and the workup. Us, yeah, and but you're on TV, right? Like yeah. so you have to represent your country. You have to you know understand that you're here for more than just yourself and. And I think that that's something that I learned over my career was that you're always part of something bigger than you. Yeah. And, and, and it takes a lot of, you know, expecting that out of high school and, you know, below it's, it's pretty tough because they're finding out who they are. Like they're, mm-hmm. it's a different world, but when you start to get into college and past that, it's post-grad, you, you start to really talk about, okay, you can't really hide behind that excuse anymore. You know, you're, no. you're here to be a part of the team. You need to be a part of the team because Yes, you're on the box alone, but, you know, you're also wearing your team's, you know, uniform, all of yeah. that. So your character is a, just as big of a definition of you as your swimming, yeah. your, your talent and all exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. And I've had those moments, right? Like, I have I remember World Championships in 2015. I got second and 100 back, and I got out, and I just wanted to, like, punch a wall. Like, I was, like, sitting there, like, no. Like, I was supposed to win that. Yeah. I got out of the pool, and, like, I found a very quiet secluded area and i like you know had my moment mm-hmm. and then after that my coach came and got me and she's like are you okay i'm like yeah i'm fine like i'm done i've had it it's over the race is over right like, yeah can't go do it again can't you do know? it again so for me it's that moment was like okay well i was supposed to win a silver medal that day so that's awesome man <laughs> uh okay so man we could just i feel like we could just talk all day about <laughs> like each different meet and things that you yeah. learned there uh <laughs> Okay, let's talk about so a lot of your stories involve the people around you. Yeah. Um, let's start with your parents. Okay. So you you woke up one day, you started losing your vision, which started the process of you figuring out what uh <laughs> that's awesome. His dad is calling him right now <laughs> as we're speaking. Um you started figuring out that process of what what is going to happen and what's your life going to look like. So mm-hmm. what were what were some of the key moments, some of the people that defined or helped you define your future or helped you set a path yeah instead of like oh poor tucker he's losing his vision right yeah i think the thing for me is i i've always had this a lot of people come up to me and say like oh my gosh i can't imagine what it's like yeah to have that happen to you and i didn't either right i wasn't 16 the year before i'd be like man next year i'm gonna be blind can't wait for that like it just happened yeah and and it tested my character and it tested my community. It did all of that. And I think mm-hmm. that the biggest thing for me is I was a person that was able to really rise to the occasion and I didn't know that was going to happen to me. So, and, and it, it, it has a lot to do with my community. It has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, I did a sport that, you know, I wasn't playing soccer still. Like I played soccer prior to swimming, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that you know, you can't do that without, you know, vision. So I'm glad that I moved to a sport that you could. And Mm -hmm. I I think the biggest piece for me was my mom and dad were very supportive and whatever I wanted to do. And they wanted to support that. And not to a level where I, my parents were not athletes. They weren't people that understood, you know, they were like, yeah, you go to practice a lot. That's good. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, that's true. But you know, my mom and dad weren't on top of me all the time. Like you have to go to practice. It was like, Oh, how was it? You know, it was not yeah. this mandatory, like, you know, you have to go or else it was, you know, you like to do it. And I think that really helped me have the ability to swim to the fact that I was, you know, in my late twenties, I was 28 when I retired. And mm-hmm. I think that that was something that I would never have had that career if I had too much pressure on me all the time. Yeah. And if my it wasn't parents, your choice. 
Yeah, it, it was, I was there because I wanted to be there. You know, I was there because I wanted to not, you know, get fourth or second. I wanted to put my hand on the wall first. I knew the hard work I put in was the racing I would get out later in the season. It, it's it's a sport that's very unforgiving, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that I've seen a lot of successful people, you know, really get eaten alive and implode, like, behind the box. You know, you see them just, like, I've seen that person train, and I know how hard they work, but I'm going to beat them. Because, yeah. you know, when I'm up there, I'm there with all my, you know, my community. And in my mind, it's like all the people around me that got me there. And I yeah. think that staying grounded is important. And especially no matter how good you are or, you know, maybe you're the second tier or whatever of athletes. It's about you and like finding that identity, I think is really important. So to kind of go back to all of it, you know, my parents are very great people. And my mom and dad have, you know, gotten to travel the world and watch me swim on every single, you know, pro circuit I've been to. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of my sponsors have made that happen. And I'm not even plugging that. It's literally the fact that, you know, my mom and dad, like that was my priority every year was to raise funds to get them to go watch me race. That's awesome. That's important to me because I want to be able to get out of the pool and, you know, not just like pump my fist with you know excitement because I yeah, want. Look at my medal. My mom's up there. My dad's. You know they're they're here. You know I think that's that's exciting. You know that's so cool. for me, they're a big piece of the puzzle because they've kept me grounded and they you know have no problem reminding me that you know you come from a small town. You know so enjoy the moment. Enjoy yeah. these 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 times where you get to be something great. Did you? Uh, <clears throat> so I, I mean they they went with you at all these meets. Did you like? make it clear like i want you there like yeah. you're invited yep that's awesome and i never did that as an <laughs> like you just don't think about that yeah. like it's like oh my parents of course they'll be there yeah you know but i, I mean i mean i made it a big point of my business too so yeah I think that's the other side of it right like my mom technically works for me right like she books my travel for a lot of stuff she does she's still involved and i think that's something yeah. that it's in a different role because my parents actually are great people but like if i'm like hey mom what's my best time 100 free she has no idea yeah and i'm okay with that i don't i don't want her to like eat herself up and have this opportunity where she's like well you know that's not his best like mom's like yeah but did you have fun like how did it go it wasn't this like in this moment of like just over over you know stimulating me because yeah fifty thousand people is enough yeah and you (laughs) you obviously cared enough about what you were doing (laughs) yeah um so did your parents uh or how about this how how many how long did you take off of swimming when you started finding out about your condition and stuff i uh i didn't and you I, just, I, I it was something that it's just a part of it yeah it, it was part of the journey and i think the thing for me is it was more the fact that you know i i it was a constant in my life yeah um it was something that i could keep doing and I, the good thing about our sport is you put your face under the water and I didn't have to tell anyone, you know, and I, yeah. I was, it, it, as it progressed, it got worse. So I did like, I'd have to tell like other people like, Hey, I can't read the clock anymore. Like, Hey, when are we going? What are we doing? What does the set even say? Yeah. Like I couldn't even read like normal paper anymore. That's like, this is a workout. So, mm-hmm. um, I think it was really just like being able to advocate for myself is something that's important with this because oh, yeah. a lot of people don't know how to help. And I mean, still to this day, like I'm going to get on a plane in a couple hours and flight attendants will, you know, see that I, you know, in the flight log that I'm disabled and they're like, it says that you're blind and they're like, talk louder to me or slower. And I'm like, <laughs> like I'm blind, not deaf. Like why yeah. are you screaming? You know, but, but to me, it's like, you know, depending on the day and how you catch that, it's also like it's an opportunity to educate. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is like, you know, I, I think that I was given this opportunity to really help show people what yeah. you can do with it. No, yeah, I mean, uh, 
I I think that's awesome. It, and I think it's a it's a good, like, no matter what trial you go through, big or small, like sticking to those things that are still you. I mm-hmm. like how much you talk about your identity and who you are, and swimming was a part of that and a big piece of that. And like whatever good days or bad days you had, like you were still in the pool. Yeah. Regardless, and that I think that's really awesome. Yeah, same. I mean, it, it's something that, like I said, it's a sport that's all about consistency and repetition. So I think that if you can keep that in your mind and understand that even the days, like I tell a lot of people, like when I work with a lot of these clinics, it's like the days you come in and you're like, I don't want to be here. Or I'm tired or I'm, you know, I, I like, okay, those are probably some of the best days for you to get better yeah. because you have an opportunity to maybe you're not going to win the set. Or you're not going to be able to really push it, but you had every single flip turn in that workout was the best of your ability. So yeah. you walked away with a skill. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's a win in my mind. And understanding that every practice isn't going to be great. Yeah. You know, it's just not. Like, it, it's it's not, that's not reality. But having the ability to say, like, you know, every practice I did wasn't great, but I did something great in the practice, mm-hmm. that's the walk away. You know, it's, it's that ability, not just sitting there saying, like, you know, oh, well, every day I come to workout and, you know, Andy wins every day. Okay, well, that's good for Andy, but your foot turns are better than his today. So you won in that world. You know, yeah. I think that yeah. finding those pieces is what it's about because the sport is, it's always changing. And mm-hmm. I think that that's something that we're learning, right? Like I went through the generation of, oh, no more body suits, no more like, you know, and I, times are still getting faster. You they know, are. it's like, you can't sit there and say it was the suit, right? Like, yeah. And I, I think the thing for me is like, it, it, that's a really good testament to the fact that, hey, you know what? It's, you know, how you train. It's the mental piece of when you step up on the box, you know, you're going to win. Like those things help rather than this, you know, neoprene full body suit, even yeah. though you did feel like a superhero. That's pretty cool. So then just to bounce off of the, the swimming piece of this, like, I don't, I don't want to take away at all. I know, I don't know if anybody gets caught up in like, oh, you're a Paralympian yeah. and you have a disability. At the yeah. end of the day, you're a really good swimmer. <laughs> so I mean, that's awesome. Uh, so if a kid came up to you and was like, hey, how do I get faster? What's, what do you got for him? Um, I think the thing for me is like the good part about my disability was that I got to train at an able body level. So I yeah. swam with, you know, some of the best. And I think that's something that I very, I, I, broadcast widely is that i'm able to train at that level because Mm -hmm. people hear paralympics and they automatically think like oh that's like the slow version i'm like no the guys i race against we all have olympic trial cuts like it's not slow at all so um the thing for me is when i when people are like how do i get faster um i think that there's not really a silver bullet answer to that that's true i I think that there's not really this like this is the only way Mm -hmm. um and and i also think that the number one thing I would gravitate towards for that question is you have to really be able to understand the controllables. Mm. And what I mean by that is like at a high level meet, there are things that are going to go right and there's always something that's going to go wrong. And having the ability to mentally really encapsulate what that is for you. um, I mean, I've been at, you know, in the call room that I was talking about for 45 minutes and I went to adjust my suit and it ripped and we're walking out in five minutes. I did, what am I going to do? Yeah. Right? Like I, like I can walk out and just lose or I can say like, okay, there's this little rip in my suit and we're moving on. Like I've got to win right now. I'm sorry. Right? Like, the rip. Yeah. I'm, I'm in finals for a reason. You know, I think that that's mm-hmm. something that I, I could have let that become the identity of that race. Yeah. Or I can say like, okay, here we go. Like, you know, I, and I won that race with a rip, you know, that's the other thing in my mind. I'm mm-hmm. like, change it like half full, not half empty. You know, I think that's, mm-hmm. 
I'm going to win this race with a rip in my suit. Yeah. yeah. And then that's the moment where you're like, oh, but what if it wasn't ripped? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. There's, there's the catch-22 of that. But, but, but then not holding on afterwards if you did lose, also not saying if I would have I, – I only lost because of that rip. You know, yeah. like not giving too much weight to the – like at the end of the day, you worked as hard as you could. Yep. You swam as hard as you could, and that's – that. the result was that. And I liked earlier how you said it is a brutal sport – because at the end of the day, it is very black and white. Yeah. Like, you're either winning or you're losing. You're yeah. either going the best time or you're not. You're either getting this time standard or you're not. Yeah. But not putting so much weight on those things that that's the only thing. I had a coach one time tell me something that, like, really stuck to me a lot about, like, the problem about, I think, this the sport is that it is about standards, right? Yeah. Like, it is this black and white sport mm-hmm. of that side of things. But... Something that he told me was like, you know, the relationships and the way you treat people is really what matters. Because tell me who won the 200 breaststroke in 2000 at the Olympics. No idea. Exactly. Kitajima. So for me, (laughs) but for me, it's like, we don't remember it unless you're like a household name, like a Michael Phelps or, you know, Missy Franklin. And, and honestly, like those people are time dated too right like mm-hmm. i mean I, yeah. I go to i go to clinics all the time and i'm like how many people know who nathan adrian is and if you're in the high school age yeah like that's great the 12 and unders don't know who nathan no, adrian yeah. is yeah and so it becomes this revolving door of how people really sit down and say like oh well you know it's about a standard like no mm-hmm. one remembers if you made zones or not yeah like yes it dictates like whether you go to school and swim for school at like, college and all of that i get that and in the moment it's really important it is yeah but when you walk away and you get the opportunity to say like okay you know i may have not have made you know junior nationals or whatever that is like yeah but you know you're the best teammate i ever had yeah that is a bigger goal to hit for me and that is a bigger success than any medal any plaque any trophy you can ever walk away with because yeah that that's really what i find is like actual worth right like yes people don't remember how much you win i mean yeah. yeah they'll be like oh you won all the time that's fine but are you a good winner or you're like a you know a good loser like that that matters yeah. so i think that it's all about community and about like the, the reputation you hold and the way you treat your community is really what i think is important it's it's not really the standards and the tangibles because i have them right like i have the records i have the medals i have all that stuff yeah. but if you're looked at as like someone of like this you know, like you're arrogant or you have like this persona that you carry that, you know, those, those are not, that's not the things I want to hear about myself. I yeah. want to hear like, oh, well, you know, he, he did those things and he also gave back and he did other things and paid it forward and helped help the community because, you know, local swimming community, that's what we're about. You know, yeah. it's all about that. So, And if you define yourself by those numbers, whatever measurables, then the more you make that your definition, people will also define you by yeah. those numbers. And the moment all those numbers don't add up like your world comes crashing down yeah. which if you're not ready for that because in the world of swimming eventually swimmers listening you will not be swimming there will come a day <laughs> where this will end you'll like, be a swammer you'll be a swammer it's a it's a great <laughs> thing but if you're not ready for it man some people tank when yeah. they don't oh it's real i mean I, I can't tell you how many friends that i know of and have that you know i i don't I pity the day they retire because yeah. they just literally have, this is all they know. You know, they've been pro athletes for so long and they're still successful, but there's a time where you become not successful, yeah. you know? And I, I mm-hmm. think, and that's, it's true, right? Like whether it's, I mean, how many times have you talked to someone that's like, Oh yeah, 
I remember my last hunter freestyle at NCAA is like, and then after you touch the wall, there's not this like huge celebration. It's yeah. not. It's just that was it. That was your last race. Please exit the pool. Yeah. Please, <laughs> you know, don't climb out. You know, above the wall, like to the right or the left, and then after that, like grab your clothes and that's yep. it. You know, and that's. So I, I think that that's why I think it's so important to really understand that real, like walkaways from the sport are not the accolades. Mm-hmm. It's literally like things that I look at on my like personality now of, you know, time management. It's huge, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm becoming a business professional now where like when someone's late, like it drives me crazy, you know, like time management, the ability to work hard, you know, being type A where I'm very schedulely like oriented, where mm-hmm. I'm very like true to what I hold myself accountable for. Of like, if I commit to something, I'm doing it. You know, there's, there's things you learn through the sport that you might not necessarily see, at the time, <laughs> funny, see, yeah. um, but it, it's something that you say like, okay, you know what? Like I'm a better person for the things that I learned from the sport. Yeah. And like I said, no, there's no metal that I think that really defines that. It's really mm-hmm. like the ability to see the people you're around and like the community you create. And that's, that to me is the biggest accolade you could ever win. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of the community at your last Paralympics, yeah. uh, 2016, and you were one of the veterans on the team, so were you, like, one of the leaders? Did you see any guys on the team that were like, that was me at my first one? Yeah, for sure. Um, like, World Championships last year, um, I was the team captain. Awesome. And it's, yeah. it's something that I didn't take lightly because you get voted into that through the team members. Mm-hmm. It's not like a, you know... He's the us. old guy. Yeah. But and, the old and there guy were, is the captain. There were, there were people on the team that have been on the team longer than me. So mm-hmm. it wasn't even a sense of, oh, well, if you've been here forever, it's, an, it's not a popularity contest. And mm-hmm. I think that um, looking at a lot of the guys that, you know, this is their first world championships because when I see someone, I'm like, oh, you're 19. <sighs> I remember that day, you know, and I'm like, I'm 28, 10, you know, nine years older than you. And, yeah. And the things I like. I think that is are important is like I'm not going to impose what happened to me onto you. Yeah. But if you have a question like, hey, what do I do about this? Like, I'm really nervous, or how should I swim this race? Like, I can't tell you how many age group swimmers say that to a coach, right? Like, yeah. how many times do you have a kid come up and say like, oh, well, it's not a freestyle. How do I swim hundred freestyle? All out. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, there are those moments, but to me, it was it was a point where I'm like, okay, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm the team captain, and it, it's it's a opportunity where yes i need to take care of the team but i also am here to race as well so that balance and having the ability for other athletes to come talk to you and say like okay well i'm nervous like i get it like that's good like you and i were talking before we got on this you know podcast it's like if you're not nervous like you question like do you care like Mm -hmm. that's something you have to ask and and a lot of these athletes i i think that get really excited and that's great but i always tell people like when you step up on the blocks having the ability to really like tame the beast is what it's all about right like i remember looking down at my hands for the 50 freestyle you know in rio and like my hands are like not shaking but like i just feel like they're like ready to explode and it's like a little clammy yeah Yeah. like and it's like okay why am i nervous i'm like i've done this race hundreds of thousands of times like when you're at that point it's like you're here to show off your hard work and that's why i'm here yeah And, and i think that's what we do this for right i think that that's why community is so important and also having the ability to be a veteran on the team, it's its not just because you've been around for a long time, but having the ability to really advocate for the team and be a part of something that's bigger than you. Like, that, that that's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, is there anything that on your any of your World Champs team or Team USA teams that uh, you guys did to help 
foster that community? I know it's it's you're under the banner of you're competing for your country, so that already adds some weight to it. Mm-hmm. But is there anything you guys did like out of the water that made you guys a stronger team? So I think that like whenever you get to a, a team culture and like all of those like I guess like rituals and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I think that it, it's something that you really want to make sure that's cultivated organically. Um, I think that there's not every team has different personalities there's different talent levels so trying to really make a template for it is not really important but it's more about letting the team building happen on its own and you know making sure that you you know really cultivate the atmosphere you want where you block out the negativity you're like okay like that's one thing that i think is very important because when you're in the workouts and there's people like i'm tired like that only takes one person to say that and Mm -hmm. then everyone thinks it you know it's very cancerous so i think having the ability to you know, say like really positive thoughts is like where we're here for. Like, even if you're not, you know, I've swam on teams where it's like, you say something negative and you get kicked out of workout. Did that really help me that day? No, like, but it helped everyone else. Yeah. Because it is, you know, a sport where, like I said, you're, you're in here just grinding so hard all the time. And it's like, it, it, it's tough. And yep. I get it. Yep. So I think just letting it happen with like a positive, like, positive affirmation is very important and helping each other understand that we're here for each other and you know like let's let's be best for everyone else not just for yourself all the time cool okay so last thing um i mean you you just you talk so much about being the best for other people if you could tell our athletes um what what can they do to make the people around them better what would you what would you ask them to do every day you have a choice and you can pick between what's right and what's easy and it is so easy to give up and it's so easy to complain and be negative or you can do the right thing and leave a legacy and show everyone what you're all about. And that's that's something everyone has that choice every day. And it, it can be on the smallest level or it can be on the highest level, but what are you going to do to leave a legacy? Awesome. Thanks, Tucker. Yeah, thanks for having me.